You know, when Jesus was saying to the disciples about the Lord's Prayer, in our reading we heard, he was saying, don't just say words. Here's a template for you to use. Here's something you can use that allows you and God to meet. So don't be like these people that just babble. Use this as a template. So let's just go through the template that that Jesus talked about and see what we can learn this morning. I'm just looking at the clock now, working out when I need to finish so we can get everything done. So he starts off by saying these words, Our Father. Our Father. You know, he could have addressed God, the Father, in many different ways. It's completely legitimate to start off with any prayer by saying, Almighty God, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. That's one of his titles, isn't it? We could have, in this template, Jesus could have addressed God in all different ways. But he chooses these words, Our Father. Because we all know the ideal situation with fatherhood, that intimate relationship, that relationship of mentoring, that relationship of guiding, that relationship of loving. If you're an earthly father and hopefully a half-decent one, you know, there's nothing that you wouldn't do for your children. There's nothing that you wouldn't put yourself out for, for your children, because you're the father. And we start the Lord's Prayer with this realisation. And how long could you spend meditating on that? Our Father. It's intimate. This isn't anything distant. This is intimate. We are praying to somebody that can be intimate with us. He's our Father. Now for some people that may cause problems. But we've got to learn how to go over these problems. Otherwise we're missing out on the intimacy that's available. Jesus is saying to his disciples, just dwell on the fact that God, the creator, God the almighty, God the sinless one, God the etc. We address them as Abba Father. Daddy. Our Father. And the other thing is with this, it's all about relationship. In fact, the Lord's Prayer is all about relationship. Prayer is all about relationship. Our vision is all about relationship. Christianity is all about relationship. God is all about relationship. And when we set up the Lord's Prayer with the words, Our Father, we're being invited into relationship. God is seeking that relationship. God wants, that's weird, isn't it? God wants a relationship with you. He doesn't need a relationship with you. We need a relationship with God, but He wants a relationship with you. So we set it up as our Father. You know, it could take days to say the Lord's Prayer. 
How long do we have to meditate just on that fact? But then I'm not going to do that. Otherwise, it will be a four-week sermon, not a two-week sermon. So let's go, let's go on to the third word. You know, who art in heaven or in heaven? Who is in heaven? We address God and the position that Jesus puts him in is in heaven. I say the position that Jesus puts him in because we know that God is also here, don't we? That when we become Christians, we have God inside us. And sometimes this in heaven can distance people from God. Oh yeah, I'm praying to this God way up there. But that's not the point of this phraseology. It's not the point that God's almighty and way up there. Because God's in here. We have that relationship. We can just pray to God and meditate on God and speak to God and allow the Holy Spirit to commune with us from within. There is no distance. There is no separation. We have God with us, God in us. And when we're doing this Lord's Prayer, we're not reaching out to God, we're reaching into God. God is in us if we are Christians. We don't have to search for him. He's here. But the idea of this in heaven is not about distance, it's about position. We are worshipping a living God, a risen God even, a living God. God is alive. I know we say that, but often our Christianity doesn't reflect it. We could be worshipping books or pieces of wood or pieces of metal because of the, the lack of aliveness in our relationship with God. But God is in heaven. Christ, we know, ascended and is in the heavens with them. So when we say about God in heaven, it really should bring us such joy. You know, we have a risen Lord. But that position also should remind us, you know, that he oversees, he's looking over us. Or I could say it positively or negatively. He sees everything. What do you want? He's looking over us? Or he sees everything? Because that's the idea here as well. You know, we've got a God who we cannot flee from. He's looking over us. He's got our best interests at heart. He's in the heavens. Nothing's a surprise. He knows it all. He knows our thoughts. He knows our deeds. And he loves us. He's in the heaven. And he's looking over us. That's our God. Hallowed be his name. Hallowed be his name. Let his name be hallowed. And I looked up the word hallowed. Just to be safe, you know, what does hallowed mean? I got these things. Make holy, revere, make sacred, venerate, respect, treat with awe. Quite like that. Treat with awe. Hallowed be thy name. And as I was just uh, meditating on that, just thinking about that, just allowing just these three words just to rest on my, on my heart and my mind, something came to me, which 
I'm sure I've thought about it before, but it's never really penetrated properly. We're not told in the Lord's Prayer to venerate or treat with awe God. We're told to make holy, respect God's name, not God. I mean, Jesus could have said, and rightly so, hallowed be God. Hallowed be the Heavenly Father. Hallowed be Jehovah. He could have said that, and there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But in this template, he doesn't do that. He says, hallowed be thy name. What's that about? I don't know about you, but maybe just me being stupid. I'd never really thought about how I treat the Lord's name. I've thought often about how I treat or mistreat the Lord, but not so much about his name. You know, the the Jews have 16 different names, well, at least 16 different names for God and for his character. And they hold it so sacred that they won't write out God's name in full in case of making a mistake and showing disrespect to the Lord's name. So the name Yahweh, they, they don't write it out in full ever. It's too holy. It's too sacred. It's too important. Hallowed be thy name. It goes way beyond the idea of blasphemy. Hopefully in this church, we haven't got a, a major issue with blasphemy. But I'll tell you what, it's amazing. In our society, the word is used so much by people who don't even believe that he exists. It's blasphemy. It's using the name of Jesus Christ of God in the wrong context. And I want to encourage us to make sure we don't do that. That we don't slip in. What's, what's the phrase? That, that, you know, oh yeah, the, the kind of standard phrase that you hear really often even by Christians, is, oh God. I'm not convinced we're using it in an adoration sense. We're using it as as an exclamation of disbelief. Hallowed be thy name. You know, I'm not 100% certain what Jesus is getting at here in this. I'm not. But I am certain that he's saying that God's name is really important and we have to value it. Not just God. We all get that bit. But God's name is really important. You know, there's a song I used to sing when I was young. There is power in the name of Jesus. Anybody else know that song? Yeah? At his name. What happens at his name? Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that he is Lord. At his name. There'll come a point in time where the name of Jesus Christ, the name of God will be declared and it will send people to their knees at his name. I'm not sure. And maybe the disciples didn't get it either. So Jesus says, I want you to dwell on the name of God. Meditate on that name. He says in the little bit before he starts the Lord's Prayer, we don't have to use lots of words, you know, and puff up our chests. Just hallow the name of God. 
Make it precious to you. Make it hurt you when you hear others misuse it. Make it jar on your character, on your personality, on your soul when you hear the Lord's name misused. Do not allow it to wash off you as if nothing's happened because we need to hallow his name. I don't know how long it will take me to meditate on his name before I start to hallow it in that way, to cherish it, to venerate it, to feel the awesomeness of his name. But that's what we've been called towards in the Lord's Prayer. Hallowed be thy name. And then Jesus says this, thy kingdom come. I think that's what comes next, yeah? Your kingdom I'm getting a little bit muffled, fuddled with the Lord's Prayer. Is, you know, we have a slightly different verse. Your kingdom come. I love these words. You'll probably know I love these words because when it comes to receiving the offering, you know, that's my plea. You know, every time I receive the offering, God, allow this for the extension of your kingdom, that your kingdom will come. That's what we want. But I want to ask you this question. How much is that a passion for yourself? How much do you daydream about God's kingdom coming? And I'm not talking about Jesus coming and the second coming. I'm talking about God's kingdom coming now. I'm talking about us seeing more of God's kingdom now talking about us living in a way that reveals God's kingdom. You know, extreme Islam is a plague in our society, but I do respect them in certain areas. And one area I respect them in is their desire for an Islamic caliphate. They are all out that they want you know, Islamic rule over the world, the values of Islam over the world. And they will fight and they will kill and they will murder and they'll do horrendous things which are horrendous because of their motivation for Islamic caliphate, for the rule of Islam. Guess what? In the Lord's Prayer, God says, I want, or Jesus says, I want God's kingdom to come. I want God's rule to come. His rule, not Islamic rule, his rule. How passionate are we for the extension of God's kingdom? God's kingdom come. You know, a couple of months ago when we established the the vision, I decided to commit myself to start praying on a, on a daily basis for the vision, which hopefully others have as well. And, I, and I, I've set a, a reminder on my phone and it rings and it says, uh, pray for the vision and for revival in Southport. That's my reminder and then I, I spend time praying. And as I've been praying, I started praying and using words like, 
Lord, please send revival. I'm up for it. I'm willing. I'm your servant. I will serve you. I want to be a part of this. I'm at your disposal. Lord, please send revival. Start with me. We know the song, don't we? Yeah? And as I was praying this and meditating on these words, I started realising, well, well, I did start realising it because God was telling me. I, I wasn't doing anything out of myself. And he said, Robert, you've got the wrong idea of what that sentence means. Send revival, start with me. It's not about you being available. It's about you reviving. It's about me actually being the revival. It's about me. If I want God's kingdom to come, Rob Milton has to reveal God's kingdom. I have to be somebody who's living kingdom values. Somebody who people see a glimpse of heaven in my life. They see God's kingdom revealed. Thy kingdom come is you living out God's kingdom. And when you live out God's kingdom where you live, guess what? We'll start to see revival. Because revival will happen when we revive. And when the Holy Spirit is bursting out of Rob Milton, guess what? It will infect others. And guess what? God's kingdom will extend. Our job is to turn earth into God's kingdom. Because God's kingdom is where God's king, sorry, it's where the king's domain is. Well, the king's domain should categorically be me. I should be inside the king's domain, under his dominion, under his rule, under his authority. And if we're all under the king's domain, under his authority, guess what? That's God's kingdom. And if we do that collectively, thy kingdom will come. That's the collectiveness of it. But guess what? Send revival, start with me. It's not you being willing to do stuff for God. It's you and God. It's your being. We're human beings initially, not human doings. So send revival, start with me, is us spending time with God and that relationship, that our Father relationship and allowing him to touch us. The Holy Spirit that's within us to fill us and come out of us. Thy kingdom come is a wonderful prayer, but it's not out there Initially, initially it's in here. How many of us can look at our lifestyle and say that our lifestyle is under the domain of the king? Under the authority of the king? We worry about having God's kingdom values around us, but have we got God's kingdom values within us? Does God's kingdom exist just inside Rob Milton? If it doesn't, there's a fat chance of Rob Milton exporting it anywhere else, isn't there? All I'm going to be exporting is somebody else's kingdom, somebody else's values. Rob Milton's, isn't it? You know, well, that's not the point. Thy kingdom come. Lord, let your kingdom be expressed in me. Let me be somebody under your authority. Let me allow your kingdom to be expressed in me. Your kingdom come. 
Allow me to live my life under your authority, under your kingdomship. What a prayer. What a prayer. Probably take months to get through the Lord's Prayer, wouldn't it? Because it's not something we're trying to get through. It's something we're trying to meditate on. You get to that part. Oh God, help me to be somebody where your kingdom is expressed. Help me to be somebody that reveals the values of your kingdom. Somebody under your authority. Let me be a prince in your kingdom. A princess in your kingdom. Allow people when they come into my house to come into your kingdom. Different rules, different values, different authority, different aspirations because we're in God's kingdom. Okay, let's go for one more point. Where are we up to? Now, I'm not actually because the next point's a massive one. Thy will be done. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to remind me next week. We're going to kick off at thy will be done. Because thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven is massive. So we will leave that there. Just allow me to pray. Let's pray. Our Father, our loving Heavenly Father, our Father that You want to have a relationship with us. You've planned it that way. You've made us that way. Our Father, thank you that you want to have a relationship with us. Who art in heaven. Lord, I thank you that we serve you, the risen Saviour, the risen Lord. And you watch over us. You care for us. You love us. You want the best for us. Lord, I thank you that you're in the heavens and there's no secrets to you. All we are, our hopes and dreams, our troubles, our sins, our failings are all laid before you. Lord, you knew all about them before we did them. And you said, you know, I'll die for them. You're in the heavens looking over us, Lord. I thank you for that. And Lord, I want to hallow your name this morning. Lord, I pray for each person here that your name may grow more precious as the days go by. That we may dwell on your name. That we may look at your name with awe and wonder. That we will cherish and protect and defend your name because your name deserves it. And Lord, I pray also that your kingdom will come in me. Lord, reprioritize my day, my week, my month so that I can spend more time with you in your presence, learning your character. And Lord, I just pray that your character that's within me will grow, will blossom. So that your kingdom will come. Amen.